I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. I, I'm going to do this different every time now. I love it. Greetings, I love travelers. it. This is my cheerleader I, mine, one. Mine is still, you know, is generally similar. So I, I'm good with it. So it's. Uh... You know who we have to get to do that? The the lovely gentleman who has an ad with us. Oh, Dick. Yeah, get Dick Terhune to do this. He would he be. He be like, greetings, travelers. Like, But then they're going to want him to do the whole show, man, because I, I could listen to that guy read a laundry list and be entranced, man. No, it's true. You know what we should do is start just finding random celebrities to do greetings, travelers. And oh, that would be good at, at the cons. That yeah. would be fun. So. I mean, new, not to be that guy, but I would new absolutely rule. replace you both with Dick Terhune. He's awesome. Yes, that's true. Thanks, pot producer. Of yeah, course. exactly. Thanks, Callie. producer. Wait a yeah, your jobs are on the line. All right, all right. So, all right. You, you heard, you heard that, Dick. You're, 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 you're next on the line. So, yeah, we uh, just got replaced, man. Yep. And I have not been abducted by Men in Black. So yet. So. Well, this, once you are, I'm there, calling the Dick. great, the great, the late great Abe Vigoda. Uh, do you remember him? He was oh, fish yeah. on Barney Miller. Uh, he, he recently did a commercial for Snickers with uh, uh, with Betty White. He was, you know, when they were all old people and then they'd eat the Snickers and they turned into young people again. Uh, but um, there was a joke for the longest time that a Bogota had died. It was it was reported that he had died, and so he had to create a website called a Bogota is not dead, and then he would do a Twitter check in basically every day on the website. Still here, still here, still here until sadly one day he wasn't. So, Aww. but uh, so that's what I think I got to do is Mark Muncy is not abducted by Men in Black. <laughs> Still here. <laughs> Still no, here. Absolutely. You know what I just stumbled upon? I just, it's, it's a weird thing, but I've decided, travelers, we need you to reach out to your friends because upon looking at a map of the, these here United States, there are a few states that people have not yet listened to us in. I know. I mean, it's we've got a few though that have like uh that have spiked. I mean, there's some that surprised me on that on that map. Yeah, no, there's <laughs> hello, California. Um yeah. here I'm just gonna list a couple of the states. So if you have friends there that you haven't told about the podcast yet, just throwing it out there. You should probably tell them. Um Maine, we don't have anybody uh, from Maine. New Hampshire, Vermont, okay. Connecticut, New England. Yeah, New England, you know, step it up, my friends. Uh Delaware, like yeah. original colonies. Let's get this this shit rolling. Let's Come do on. this. Let's do this. I mean, the, you're making you know the the South and the West are are kicking your butt, man. It's I I'm about to say one place, and I. This is where I think this thing has got to be wrong. But here we go. We have no listeners yet in West Virginia. What? Well, they have their own shows. So. I'm just uh, saying. Add uh, us to your show rotation, West Virginia. Yeah. Yep. Wild and weird radio fans. You know, we're, we're welcome. You know, you're welcome here. Uh, I've been a guest on their show a couple of times. So maybe that's why they, they, yeah. they heard enough of me. Aren't you from West Virginia? I lived there a long time. I'm not from there. 
Well, you got uh, the accent sometimes in your back. Sometimes pocket. it slips out. That's actually my Kentucky accent, but West Virginia was pretty strong too. So well, Kentucky too, Mark. Where's your Kentuckians? Yep. Oh, are they they aren't there? They're not there. Oh man. Well, we have to do some more events up there to get more listeners. So and we will. The other place yes. is Nevada, which oh well, that's where into the fray is. That's where uh, Shannon Legros is. So she's well, she's amazing. Friend so. of the show. So you know, you know, that's that's her home territory. So I'm just saying. But travelers. Uh, I, I was surprised we've seen, we've got some overseas. Listeners. Oh yeah, no, we have so, we have several overseas. It's it's yeah. we are we are definitely popular in many places. But don't forget to tell your friends, travelers, and don't yes. forget to send us stories. Yes, Even if please. they involve your friends, just imagine you'll be. You'll be eerie travel famous by sending a story. We'll read it live on the air. Not live, because we record these things. But hypothetically, they don't know that. You could tell them, look, they're reading it live. Yeah, yeah. They don't just pretend like we just came on the air. You know, it's... Yeah. They don't know how technology works. Just kidding. That's not how that's not a real thing. Uh... Um, anyway, um, are we ready before we get into what I know is going to be a weird weird episode oh yes i want to start it off with a weird weird story from paranormality magazine paranormality yay so go okay. let's let's hear the story okay here's the news historical figures and their otherworldly counselors what so it is a really, really fun article. I don't want to give it away for everybody, but basically it goes into the history and how many historical figures talk about having people that they counsel with that are not from earth. Mm. Like Napoleon Bonaparte um, referred to a red man. Okay. That he used to get critical advice from. Yes. And in 1801, the red man warned Napoleon against his planned conquest of Egypt, correctly predicting its failure. Wow. In 1809, after the Battle of Wagram, Wagram, I hope I'm saying that right, the red man visited Napoleon again. And in 1814, during the period of political turmoil, the emperor pleaded for more time to execute his proposals. However, the red man granted him only three months to achieve the general peace. Unable to accomplish this, he was exiled. Yeah. So there's similar accounts with other people who were famous um, leaders throughout history. But, you know, we talked in our last episode, Men in Black. I'm just saying that there is more evidence potentially that here yeah i mean there i mean we we talk about you know of course um the um uh, you know joan of arc saw you know uh, had voices telling her what to do from voices up on high and that you know that's that's classic in history my my favorite is uh you know daniel boone talked about killing a yahoo which it was basically a bigfoot and uh and then uh years later you know he was told you know don't go to the alamo by a, another yahoo and uh you know well that's you know that's history so it's 
it's you know it's it's odd stuff that this stuff is literally sprinkled throughout history but we don't get to talk about it much but well, that it's not the history that's written about a lot no i mean um you know we'll we'll get into these historical things as we go along uh but you can if you don't want to wait for that get paranormality mag you know magazine go to paranormalitymag.com and use the code travelers and get 10% off uh, any of the subscriptions or digital issues or physical issues and any of their merch they've got some really cool merch that's uh very you know we we love them so and we wouldn't yeah. tell you that if we didn't believe in it so you know go, we, go there you and have what? fun I say this all the time. It is a break from some of the news that goes on in the real world. Oh, yeah. You don't you don't want, you know, just to be dragged down by modern politics and all that fun stuff. That's why you're listening to this show. Cuz yes. you know, we're giving you an escape and uh we're giving you places to travel, to really enjoy and and explore some unusual bits of history. And where else can you do that? But we're on the road to the Mothman Festival in September. Uh, we are going to be there and we are going to be there in person signing stuff. We'll have some special merch that yes. uh, will yes. be there. And so what we've been doing, we've already done a couple of these, is on the road to Mothman are episodes about West Virginia. Hey, West Virginia, let's listen in. You know, we're trying to lure you into the show. So we're going to be talking about some unique things that you can visit around the Mothman Museum, around that. Because when you go to the Mothman Festival, you're going to be focused all on Mothman. You're going to be in Point Pleasant. But you might want to go a couple of days early, a couple of days later, and hit some of these other amazing things in the Mountain State and nearby areas, uh, that whole tri-state area of Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia. We're going to talk about all that fun stuff. So, but... Today, I am taking you on an adventure, Erica. I, and I, I can't wait for this adventure before we get replaced by Dick, by Callie. Yes, so, before uh, Dr. Hewn takes over. So Yeah, takes but, over our show from us. Where are we going? <laughs> all right. So there is a place in the Shenandoah Valley of West Virginia. So this is over on the panhandle side of West Virginia. You know how West Virginia kind of looks like a little teapot? Yes. This is kind of right near the spout area, right? So if you were going to, you know, pour that over Pennsylvania, you know, that's, this is what you're going to, you're in that area. Okay. And there is a place there now, uh, there is a pastoral center there, and it is known as Priest Field. And it's a 38 acre ecumenical center operated by the Diocese of Wheeling and Charleston, West Virginia. Okay, and so wait, for, for all of us that have, you just know you just used a bunch of words. I used a lot of Catholic words. My apologies. Yeah, so. so what is a, okay, go back. So there is a 36 acres? 38 acres. 38 acres of? The town of Middleway, West Virginia. Okay, and it's used And for it's known what? as Priest Field. Okay. And it is an outreach center. So it's basically a home for people who are troubled, you know, like a rehab center, but they also have, it's like a community center. So they okay. also have public meetings and all this, and it is for all faiths. It originally started as a Catholic center. It is run by the Catholic church, but it's for everything. It's for everybody. And it is beautiful 
peaceful place would not exist if not for a ghost. Wait, what? What? Are you talking about Jesus? No. Oh, okay. I am talking about uh, a ghost in West Virginia and a strange phenomena that occurred. So we're going to go back to the late 1700s. Oh, this is a lot of time travel. Yes. I'm going to need a snack for this. Yeah, you're going to need a okay. snack. So, And there's a man there, and it was still Virginia at this time, um, before West Virginia becoming its own state. And a man was settling in that area, and his name is Adam Livingston. Adam Livingston, Virginia. Got it. All right. And he is a devout Lutheran. Okay. Okay. He moved to the area sometime in the 1790s. Mm-hmm. And um, there he had moved there from Pennsylvania, where he'd owned a great deal of land. Okay. And his Pennsylvania property had suddenly all kinds of bad stuff started happening to it. His cattle died off, his barn burned to the ground. It was, he felt this is just bad, bad blood in this area. Time to move. And so he moves to the town of Middleway. And um, now he's like, we get there and uh, he settles on 350 acres of okay. land. And again, almost immediately, he's visited by a man. Um, and this man is known as the stranger. Hey, okay. you love that. And he comes in and he's like, I need a place to say, I'm tired. I've been on the road. Can I rent your room? Now, this is a common thing, but this is before inns, before taverns were really a thing, especially in, you know, set, you know, wild frontier areas at this point, because nobody had really traveled much beyond the mountains at this point. I um, learned something very interesting. What? Since we're talking about this that back people don't maybe know this but the reason red doors exist is people used to paint their door red so when people were traveling like this because there weren't inns and stuff it indicated that they would accept lodgers yeah there you go look erica contributed a fun fact a fun historical <laughs> fact i love it erica thanks and look, then i learned stuff Yes, it's <laughs> like you've been, you know, hanging out with uh, this history buff oh, guy. Shut you know, up and out. stop claiming credit for I'm it. I'm not. Maybe. No, that was all you. That was great. Whatever. Whatever. I didn't know that. That's a new fact for me. So we're going to need like the more you know sound or something, Callie. You know, for when Erica comes up with a fact, right? You know, so uh, that'll be great. <laughs> I love it. Oh, so homework when your job's on the line i don't know about that one dude oh, okay uh sorry <laughs> sorry i forgot we're on the we're on the we're on the deadline here so all right okay. so back to the story so the guy the stranger comes to him and says hey i need a place to stay so of course livingston puts him up mm -hmm. next morning he is at death's door this visitor okay and he is dying he's like i i you know i can't go on and so you need to get me the catholic priest in town and Livingston's like, hell no, I'm a Lutheran. Be, you know, I'll be dead and buried myself before I let a Catholic onto this land. Okay. So the man dies without last rites. Oh no. And then he buries him 
in a little grave out back of his farm with no ceremony. No, and nothing. I'm not saying, oh, no, because I think everybody should have last rights. But I think whatever your belief system is, you should be allowed to have whatever you're, ending you're you want to have that, based right? on your belief. You're entitled to that. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So guess what happens? He comes back to haunt him forever. Well, immediately the livestock start dying again. Yeah, no good. Uh, and they start experiencing other what we would call poltergeist-like activity. Uh, loud banging. The sound of galloping horses just out of nowhere in the house. Wow. Stones and pieces of firewood are being thrown from the air through the air. A burning stick comes off the fireplace and almost burns the house down. Oh, my before goodness. Or they salvage it. Dishes, pottery just flying off the shelves and smashing to the floor. And then the strange part is like his ducks and geese, their heads just would fall off and it would just like they'd been cut by a scythe. So that that's the strange part. I mean, if I had pottery flying through the house, like I, you know how I feel about uh, poltergeists and ghosts that do unpleasant things. Nope. So this guy is like severely haunted. And of course, back in those times, that was not linked to ghosts. It was linked to demons. Demons. Devils right? and stuff. Yep. Now, the, the big phenomena that also is occurring is he would hear this strange sound, this snip, snip sound, like scissors cutting. And then they would notice Somewhere on their clothes or somewhere on cloth nearby, there would be these little patterns cut into their clothes like holes. And they looked like little half moons or little, you know, crescent moons or stars. Yeah, I don't and, like that. Um, and it was in their bedding, their saddles, pretty much anything cloth that could be cut. They would hear that sound. And it would suddenly have these little snips. And then it started appearing on the animals that weren't having their heads cut off. It would appear in their fur on, the, on, his, on his animals, these strange symbols. And none of it escaped it. No matter what cloth you had or leather you had, it was cut while people are wearing them. And some of it was cut on the laundry line. Some of it was cut while they were wearing it. Um, and it becomes news because it's not just happening at his house now. The neighbors are having it happen. And then the whole town is having it happen. So it's, I just, I, you know, dead animals throwing things. But now the phenomenon that this particular entity decides to display is I'm going to cut stars in everybody's cloth moons and stars into every cloth around and so what happens is you know what has little stars and moon shapes that we all associate with things on their on their robes and things like that <gasps> do we mean porn stars not like that no we're talking oh. about wizards wizards 
So oh. like the old classic pictures of Merlin with stars and moons on his robe and all that. So guess Magic what? is witchcraft, which is the devil. Exactly. So what does this phenomena become called? The wizard clip. Ooh. And um and it's and famously it's gets put in some newspapers because now everybody's talking about it. And <laughs> They don't have photos back then. We're not in a yeah. time of photos, it's, right? It's, yeah, 1700s. No, a little ways off. So, um, uh, but it's in the papers. So people are sketching it and people are coming. Guess what happens? Tourism. People want to see the phenomena. And this one famous lady from Charleston, West Virginia, which, you know, which is Charleston, Virginia still, but it's still uh, the biggest city nearby she goes up to visit this and she secretly she has this fancy hat and she's like oh god i didn't even think about it it might get the hat so she folds it up and wraps it in a handkerchief and then tucks it into a purse and then tucks it into another thing and then you know and hiding it and then she goes to the house and she hears the snipping sound and then she's convinced her dress is cut nothing's been cut she's like aha but then as she's leaving she unwraps her hat Inside all of that, the hat had been cut. Wow. Moon and the stars. And it had also been trimmed to shreds in pieces of it. So now what happens is the town suddenly starts becoming known as the town of Wizard Clip. And the people are being called Clippers. And they go to Adam Livingston and say, you got to do something about this. So Livingston begins looking for a religious solution to his problem, of course. So of course, he reaches out to his Lutheran pastor, uh, but the Lutheran pastor got scared away and said it was not within his power to banish the evil in the house. Oh, you know, uh, it's he, never a good sign when your priest says, this is too much for me. When, when the priest says, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. when, when a priest pulls in Erica and goes, nope. Uh, so he, then he reaches out to an Episcopal minister. And he oh, now did, it's okay to reach out to other religions. Okay. And he did an exorcism at the site. But nope. Guess what? His robe got clipped as he left. So the next he's visited by a Methodist preacher that he reached out to. And then he starts reaching out to spiritualists, even got a wizard or conjurer to come in. And they all tried to exercise the, the, the creature there or whatever was causing the problem. And they were all met with rocks and stones being thrown at them, clippings, other strangeness. One guy, his horse was cut into the symbol on the back of his horse um oh, wow. you know so he's losing faith in god right he's he's done i understand i understand and i think at this point before continuing we should take a quick break wow wow cliffhanger wow okay well um i'm just as mad at him as you are travelers so we'll be right back Erie Appalachia, 
gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. And what are those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock, or the Satan spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio, to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncy and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncy, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the U.S., Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. And we're back. Yeah, we're back. And you better cough up what the hell, because I've got my own ideas of what he should do. So what what ends up working? So when Okay, so at this point, he has a vision. Livingston Adam Livingston is, you know, he's just he's being driven to wit's end. And in his vision, he sees a man in a long cloak. Okay. To him in a dream. And he comes to the conclusion that this looks an awful lot like uh, Reverend Dennis Cahill, who is a Catholic priest in town. Oh. And so he reaches out reluctantly to Dennis Cahill. So I just, I really want to clarify this just because, just the absurdity of this. He found an actual sorcerer Yes. Come do stuff, but wouldn't go get the Catholic free. This is like a badly written movie. Right. Because this is like a movie you're watching going, go get the Catholic priest. Go get the Catholic, go get the Catholic priest. priest. Why won't you get the Catholic priest? And he's like, I'm going to go find the person who sells snake oils. The whole point is that he was a stubborn man. That this is, you know, and so finally, supposedly, Cahill comes, sprinkles some holy water. And but this minute he did this, like this large sum of money that they had misplaced somewhere suddenly reappears and everything calms down for a little bit for a few days. And then um, it says shortly thereafter that the disturbances came back. Well, of course, because he was like, okay, you brought him, we're doing this. Okay, I'm gonna go get back in my body. Let's get this going. And then after a little bit, Ghost can't tell time. He's like, "Where? what? And then got up again. I get it. Yeah. So Ghost on this one. So finally, um, there's another reverend, Dimitri Galatazin, who visits the area. I'm, I hope I pronounced that right. Around 1797. And then just before he dies in 1839, he wrote about his visit there. And he was like, you know, he witnessed the disturbances and was in full belief of them. 
And uh, he had Cahill come back and perform a full exorcism on the house. And while they were there, there was a rattling and rumbling of innumerable wagons throughout the house. And then Cahill performed a mass in the house and the hauntings stopped. But then the Livingston said after that, they began hearing something they called the voice. And Cahill kept visiting them and they were being instructed by a strange voice that was, be, that was teaching them about Catholicism and piety and saying, I want prayers and would shame the members of the family who were not pure in their confessions. And so suddenly Adam Livingston's like, fine, we will convert to Catholicism. And in 1802, Livingston deeds a good portion of his lands in perpetuity to the Catholic Church. And then he picks up and moves back to his original land in Pennsylvania. But he dies in 1820, shortly thereafter. Um, and, but in accordance with his gift, they stipulated that there has to be a member of clergy on that land. And all the prophets of the land need to fix and build a church on the land. And there has to be a proper burial for the stranger. And guess what happens? They the Catholic bury. Church claim the land and they build the pastoral center, which is still there today. Did they bury the stranger? And they reburied the stranger and his cross is there. And it says the stranger. And when we were there visiting, there was an Alcoholics Anonymous group meeting. Uh, there was a sewing club there. And there was a Wicca yoga group there. So it caters to all denominations now, not just Catholics, even though the Catholic Church runs the center. Well, I think that is awesome. And I would like to, in high five the stranger from a distance because regardless of your belief system if you're dying you should have the complete right to however it is that you'd like to you know slough off your mortal coil and yeah. you know what mr livingston you're kind of a d-bag so i'm glad you did what you did because that was the right <laughs> thing to do took you long enough now if you go to Middleway, West Virginia. It is kind of like stepping back in time because it was not part of the Civil War, it was never burned to the ground. It really feels like you're almost driving into Amish country because it really is got this weird feel to it. But what's cool is the street signs in the area, some of the buildings are marked with this triangle and it has a pair of scissors in one corner and a little half cut moon in the other corner. And you ask people about it, they don't know what that's from. They don't know. The story of Wizard Club. They just know it's on all their signs. It's just the town symbol. Uh, it's it's crazy. And the, the center, if you go there, it has one of those signs. But it also has a statue of Adam Livingston. Uh, and, is, and, uh, and then it also has the stranger's grave that you can visit. Um, well, I think, travelers, if you decide to go visit, 
seeing anything where it looks like it's frozen in time is kind of neat. What will be cool is you'll know what that symbol means. You can have that smirk on your face yes. and take a picture with what that symbol means. And do not forget, if you're visiting, to bring a little gift to the stranger. He put an awful lot of work into making that right. Yes, exactly. And so now we're going to shift to a place right near there because you're there at Middleway, right? And you're on yeah. your way over towards Point Pleasant. So we're still falling along the panhandle. We are going to talk about uh, a place real quick that has been featured on our wonderful show, Ghost Adventures. It was also on Ghost Hunters Academy, Sci-Fi Channel's Ghost Hunters, Paranormal Challenge. And I mean, there's so many people have visited this place. And uh, before we talk about this place a little much, I think we should probably do a trigger warning. I And I think I know what we're going to talk about. So I'm going to do a trigger warning for this. We are going to talk about the unfortunate abuse and rape of mental patients. So I believe we're talking about the asylum there. I'll let Mark get into the details. But if these kind of things are triggers for you, we just suggest you skip the rest of this episode and catch us on the next one. And we completely understand. So if any of these kind of things are triggers for you, we suggest you turn off now. Don't skip ahead because that will be the remainder of this episode. Yeah. So Mark, dive into it. They have been warned. They have been warned. Thank you for sticking with us, those brave souls. Uh, we are now visiting Weston, West Virginia, which is not too far from Middleway. And if you drive down Asylum Drive, you will go to number 71 Asylum Drive and you cannot miss it. And that is, of course, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Um, oh, ah, ooh, I just got chills already. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't love is, this. This is one of those places that is a must stop because of just how immense it is and how amazing it is. And okay, so 1858 to 1881 is the building of this location. Now, prior to this, the treatment of the mentally ill in the United States, prior to this period, it was not good, right? We all well, talk about that. We know that. Even in, even during this period. Well, it good, gets a little better. That's the thing. The uh, idea was it would get better. Yeah. So there was a man named Kirkbride who came up with this idea of building these big hospitals that could really help the mentally ill instead of just locking them away in cells and never seeing them and never giving them any, you know, it is, you know, and treating them, you know, barbarically, which had been done for hundreds of years, they yeah. decided, you know, let's, let's try this. And he comes up with this idea of making this thing like a bat, right? The, the, that's the design It's the main hub is the, is the hospital. And then the two wings go off. One's the male wing, one's the, the female wing. And those patients that need the extra care and all that, they are kind of closer to the middle. And then the further off you get, it's the ones we don't want to deal with, right? It's the ones that are the problem children. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, so, but it was meant to have open air and open fields and they all had windows so you could look out on the world and see the world around you and get, you know, get yourself back together and, you know, and, and, and try to come to grips with things. It was, it was, you know, supposed to be like a vacation, a comfort. Uh, the problem is, is they built these things to house about 200 to 300 people. And sadly, within years, you know, this thing opened in the, uh, the original hospital was designed to uh, house 250 people, opened in 1864. By 1950, it had 2,400 patients. And they had not expanded very, very much. So changes, you know, over the years, it basically finally is forced to close in 1994. So 1864 to 1994, 130 years. And when it was closed, it basically destroyed the town. There was that was what everybody worked at. Everybody dealt there. But the you know, the patients were growing their own garden. Yeah, you know, they had their own vegetables. They were helping support, they were working in the laundry, they were doing their own, you know, the better, healthier ones were doing their things. But the problem is, is you know, it's you know, it just it wasn't working. Right. Well, it was, it, they were overworked. The problem also ends up becoming that it's just there's too many people, and probably the amount of staff is almost nothing. Yeah. And um, and and that's that's what happens. It, you know, the Kirkbride is, you know, is is this planned amazing thing, but people are being sent there that aren't necessarily you know sick. Yeah, people were sent there because they just didn't want to deal with them anymore. Husbands could drop off their wives and have them committed because she wasn't doing the cooking and cleaning and, you know, wasn't excited in bed, you know, um, and you could get away with it there. Yeah. And can you imagine that now? You know, oh, my, my husband just sits on the couch all day and won't get a job. Oh, send him to the, you know, the asylum. Uh, we'll, they'll take care of him. We'll give him some electroshock and some waterboarding and, yeah. you know, and, and that was the problem was, you know, these things were happening, but because the overcrowding, the patients had the run of things uh, in certain areas because there were only so many nurses and doctors to go around. So patients started mistreating other patients that left wing, right wing became a mix and, and bad things were just happening all over this place. We, it's, it just, you know, they were all supposed to have their own comfortable rooms, 600 acres, you know, a dairy herd, a water reservoir, an ice plant. Uh, you know, Richard Andrews, who was the architect, said this was going to be self-sufficient and all that. He was basing it on the Kirkbride things. But by the 1930s, it had fallen apart. Wow. And, you know, 1935, the fourth floor is on fire. Patients set their, uh, set it on fire, destroying a whole section of it. Oh my God. Two patients tried to hang another resident with bed sheets. When that didn't work, they crushed him with a bed frame. Um, a nurse went missing 
and she was oh, found wow. dead two months later at the bottom of an unused staircase. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, it's so the media starts investigating it. And in the 1950s, they were started reporting how terrible it was. And it wasn't until 85 when it starts getting on television and people start seeing it that, you know, dirty wards with bathrooms, you know, smeared with feces. Can you imagine that we're talking like not ancient history? We're not talking about, you know, 200 years ago when this was happening. This was happening just a few decades ago. Yeah. 1980s. And that people were still treated like this and that that was okay. Because, you know, that at that point before this mental health was, you know, this was evolving. We were trying new things. So, you know, Hey, stop doing lobotomy, stop doing this. But then we get the Kirkbrides and it kind of stagnates for a while because now the people are out of sight. They're out of mind. We don't have to worry about them anymore. And so the funding starts getting cut because why are we sending all this funding, this stuff? And that's why it falls apart. And medicine advances, we start learning new things, but where are we sending these people? There's no place to send them anymore because we start closing these things down because they're overrun. They're not doing, and we didn't put enough money, the money to fix them up, to make them more modern facilities just wasn't there. And, you know, uh, so 1994, it's closed. And um, the only thing that had ever been expanded at Trans-Allegheny to accommodate was the cemetery. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, And so now... I want want people to imagine that that people sent their supposed loved ones away. And when they died, they got buried next to the mental hospital that they died at. In a numbered grave with just a number on their tombstone. And, um, yeah. And so, you know, when you, it was abandoned for a long time and finally, you know, this, this amazing building finally got some people to try to restore it. And of course this place is super haunted. I was going to say the rooms were just literally filled with medical equipment and decrepit furniture as people would, you know, kids would urban explore this place for years. And of course there's ghost stories and all that. Uh, The most famous ghost there was a young girl named Lily and she died of pneumonia at age nine. And her room is up on the fourth floor and it's, and people have filled it with toys, Uh, the dolls and toys that's where the paranormal investigators love to film um and of course ghost adventures found a different ghost but as you do the tour at trans allegheny asylum they will tell you this is the room where ghost adventures found their ghost but this is where lily is this is where this ghost is <laughs> and they stare you to other rooms. because hollywood people hollywood uh yeah but some of the other ghost shows have really done investigations at some of the other places so yeah, it's pretty amazing those shows. Uh and and again though Hollywood it's not always what you see. Uh but they do a haunted house there every Halloween uh in the some of the you know the restored areas. The the money they get from their tours and and all that is restoring the building. There are places that will never be restored. Some of the outlying buildings where they kept the criminal patients uh later cuz they had actually expanded a little bit over the years. 
those are pr pretty much beyond repair. Uh, but the main Kirkbride style building is being restored. And the first two floors are amazing. There's an amazing museum there that you can visit. You can take the historical tours. Some of the tour guides dress up as old nurses and they take you through the history of the Kirkbrides and, and some of their famous patients. Um, well, and, and let's talk a little bit because there is the ghost of the girl that they talk about, but there yeah. are quite a few other, I mean, this is one of those places that just is heavy, like just to be at and not like weight wise, but so many terrible things happened within those walls yes and so many mistreatments and um so many deaths that you know are are questionable how oh, yeah like i said missed you know people just missing people who just disappeared from that place and uh, like i said that one nurse oh my gosh that's that that's right out of freddy krueger's mom story yeah. where she was locked in the asylum and then disappeared uh, they do host events there. Like I said, they have car shows and they, they have a big flea market there. The big things in October, again, are uh, the, the haunt, but they also do Hearse Mania, which is the weekend after Mothman Festival, uh, where they have hearses from all over the world come. Uh, and um, and they even do a casket raffle. <laughs> so, so you can win a casket? Yep. and. Uh, they do have a costume contest at the Asylum Ball every October 21st. Uh, they also do zombie paintball in October. Uh, they do flashlight tours during October. So lights off and walk through with the flashlight. Um, they often do Asylum After Dark tours. You can uh, also get your own private ghost hunt tour. Um, the main cost is usually for the main building is like a hundred dollars per person. Uh, they also do some, but the private ghost hunt is you can get 10 of your friends together and it's $150 per person and you minimum of 10. And then you can have the asylum to yourself for a, for ghost hunting. Well, in case you're getting any ideas, Mark, my answer yeah. is. No. Nope. <laughs> You're gonna know. It's an eight-hour tour. You could have a private eight hours. I don't need to be stuck in eight hours in a building like that that has had so much trauma to it. Oh, you're no fun. I know. I'm tons of fun. I'm just not but going to. Um, for our travelers who want to go to one of the most haunted locations in the world, let alone West Virginia. Definitely, you know, book ahead, go to trans-alleghenylunaticasylum.com. We'll have the links in the description notes and you can book your tour there. Go visit Wizard Clip on the way. Y'all have a great time. And I, here's a place you can swing back around after Mothman and do it. I think it's great. If you're into ghost adventures and goes, I am too, I would go not for eight hours. But, um, you know, this is, again, they have made it so what you want to do is possible. Do it the right way. Don't try to sneak in. Don't try to go there. Just do it the right way and talk to all the people there. Because the other thing is when you get the experts that have been there a long time, they're going to tell you all the really fun stories they don't talk about on TV. Yeah. That's the, the, ask your tour guides about what ghostly encounters they've had. They'll tell you. 
Um, you can also volunteer there for part of the restoration team. They love to have volunteers come in. So if you want a little, if you're good with history and you know good with carpenter tools, they'll take you in. Um, it was a it was renamed the Weston State Hospital for a little while because lunatic is a bad word. But I love that the company has that owns this you know private this private company that's restoring it has renamed it back to its original Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum because that's they're committed to restoring that and not hiding that part of history. And uh, they have shirts there that say "Embrace your, embrace your insanity," yeah, uh, and uh, you know, and it's and it's it's uh, really good because they're like, "Hey, this is real." You know, it's not bad. Delete the stigma. We need mental health care, and that's what this is about. Uh, you know, the ghost tours are fun, but the history is amazing there. Um, it is, and you know, we would love to hear your stories if you guys have stories around this asylum please send them to us yeah if you've visited there uh you know just give us let us know what you've had and uh they're about an hour and a half from charleston west virginia so about two hours from uh, uh about two and a half hours from uh, mothman festival um but you know charleston's where you can fly in and go visit it uh that's probably the nearest airport um and then um you know maybe pittsburgh it's a couple hours away from pittsburgh i heavily suggest you road trip this come up yes. with an awesome playlist and we want yep. to know what your playlist is you can email us your spotify playlist for your travels yep yep and you know and then while you're there go visit jackson's mill that's another story but it's a great historic mill uh but anyway this is you know thank you so much for listening gang i hope you enjoyed our on the road to mothman festival special yeah uh, we're up do in the panhandle. Trapped in the asylum stairwells. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, just don't wind up there. Or if you do, if you do see a nurse there, and it's you know, and it may just be one of the tour guides, but you know, maybe it's something else. So, oh, gosh, creepy goosebumps again, Mark. Oh my goodness. Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, there are literally dozens of ghosts there, but again, that's for future future works. But uh, you know, anyway, gang. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed Wizard Clip. I think Wizard Clip's one of those great bits of history. It is. I loved it. I love I want to go. She admits it happened. Yeah. I I'm I'm gonna go there and just, you know, maybe bring some scissors with me. Let's bring it back. I think we we when we do our Mothman trip, I think Erica, we go up a day early or two and and we're we're gonna go drive up and uh go do some clipping. I would love to go do some clipping. We are not encouraging you to clip random strangers' clothes. What we no, do no, in the privacy no. of our own weirdness is our business. Yes. <laughs> and then we'll stop at Trans Allegheny and lock ourselves in for eight hours. All no, right. No, 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 no. <laughs> now, if our listeners want us to do that and host a tour, and you guys want to pay the, you know, put the money together for a trip, Erica and I, we'll do it. I promise. I'll, I'll drag her there. Yeah, he will too. And Callie, yeah. the producer, yeah. Callie will be there too. I promise. And honestly, if you guys do that, then you'll be really enjoying your brand new host, Dick Terhune. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. Oh, Mark, get us out of here before we're replaced. Before we're lost. All right, gang. Destiny, let's play it out of here and we'll see you on the other side.